Good evening and welcome to episode 167 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. It is college night. Open that kegger, grab that brewski. We are going to have some fun with some fantastic younger age handicappers who do have experience and know the horse racing game. And we're also going to be teaching uh, how to read the racing form and sort of uh, bring our attention to some of the less experienced handicappers out there. But if you are an experienced handicapper, we're going to be deep diving into the late pick five tomorrow at Saratoga on Wednesday. Please make sure whether you are uh, an experienced viewer or new to the show, please make sure you subscribe right there on the bottom right hand side of the screen. Our subscriptions keep going up and up. We greatly appreciate your support. Of course, hit that thumbs up button, the like button. That'll tell people this is a great show. And then also smash that notification bell at the bottom of the screen so that you will know when new content will arise. Of course, you can reach me through Twitter on my name tag there, at H Kravitz. And then at the bottom of the screen, you're also going to see my email address if you want to have any questions or comments for me. H Kravitz Horse at gmail.com. It'll be scrolling in just a bit. I want to remind everyone this Thursday night on our flagship show with myself, Pete Visco, and Paul Halloran, 8 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be handicapping a great card at Del Mar this Saturday. They have two very good grade two races. And our special guest is a gentleman I've been waiting to have on quite a while. He's one of the best uh, handicappers in the country. He is very well versed in, in live money contest play. Dylan Donnelly. Great young man, fantastic guy, excellent handicapper out on the West Coast. He'll be right here on the HHH Racing Podcast Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, along with myself, Pete, and Paul. You do not want to miss that. Of course, you can also listen to the show via uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Anchor, so you can check out the audio version now. The Race Day blog is up and running. If you are not familiar with our Race Day blog, it's a fantastic tip sheet. It's only $15.99 for the entire month. You receive it every Saturday. You can uh, buy it through Patreon. You can see on the bottom of the screen. Or also look below the video player in the description. Just click show more below the video player. You can get information about the excellent, affordable, profitable race day blog. And one more item I want to bring up. We have a fairly new website. It's been up for quite a while now. Check it out. It's very simple hhhracingpodcast.com it has examples of the race day blog it has uh, many videos we've had has uh details about myself pete and paul anything you want to know about our show check it out on that um website hhhracingpodcast.com all right i think that takes care of all the particulars i'd like to uh bring up let's go ahead and first bring in one of our main contributors uh to the show who happens to be uh, a little older than uh, our other guests, but not too much older. A uh, young man who's been with us quite a while, had the pleasure of meeting him at Arlington for the first time. I believe it was only last summer. It feels like longer than that. But uh, let's go ahead and bring him on. One of our main contributors to the show, and we got to wish him a happy birthday too. Maybe he'll tell us why. It's Kyle Roscoe. Kyle, young man, early happy birthday. You are what, Michael Jordan tomorrow, correct? Correct. I appreciate it, Howard. Thanks so much. And that's two two shows in a row for me, Howard. We're we're going wow. on a streak here. But yeah, thanks for having me on tonight. Should and, be fun. No, absolutely. And for people that don't know, you've been uh, been a little bit of a heater lately with some uh, pick fives. I think you have the biggest pick five you've ever had 
in your life, and then you hit another one, what, the next day or two? Uh, then, young man, you are on a roll. It must be a nice feeling. Yeah, it's a, it is a nice, it's always a nice feeling when you're winning. But, yeah, back-to-back uh, early pick fives at Saratoga on Saturdays uh, two weeks in a row, which is really nice. Last week was we uh, – uh, Mataraya took me out basically is what it was. So, but you know, it is what it is, and you move on. But yeah, definitely feels good Chi-Town, to win. Town did not use the name Shy Town. And I, I touted it too, and I, yeah, whatever. I didn't think wow. she could. That's why I made up for everyone by hitting the pick five. I showed the ticket for four. That's grand, true. So I represented actually, actually twice. One for myself and one for the uh, podcast pool for the for the gold players. For the first time, I'll make that known to the public. Um, all right, we got a lot of people. By the way, I know we have a lot of people watching. Hopefully we have some people watching to support our two fantastic guests that are coming on here in just a second. If you are uh, watching on YouTube, please make sure you comment on uh, the top right-hand corner of the screen in the live chat. We want to have a very active conversation tonight. We want to help uh, teach people, no matter their age, uh, teach sort of the, the inexperience of the younger handicapper how to win uh, by betting the horses. So we'd appreciate any comments or opinions uh, you have. We already have some people uh, yeah, Penn, Penn State, Scott, it is bad. By the way, tomorrow, guys, uh, Kyle, uh, first day back to school. Students don't come till next really? week, but I got meetings and the whole I never feel sorry for me yep. since I've been off for two months. But uh, back to the grind for me uh, tomorrow. But I did end the summer, Kyle, with one of the best golf scores I've had in a while. You ready for this? Oh, yeah. 82. Okay. Yeah. But three doubles and a triple. Yep. With so an 82. Yeah, no the jump. Kyle scorecard. Yeah. No joke. Four that. birdies. And like 26 putts. My putter was on fire. Nice, yeah. But I was inconsistent. It was one of the craziest rounds. One of the best rounds I've had, especially since my uh, back injury I had many right. years ago. So anyway, that's a whole other uh, deal. We got Matthew Chimura is here. Yeah, uh, did not use Chi-Town as a C. Listen, Matt, I, I know how you feel. A lot of people were singled to Mazzarea. I knew that for obvious reasons then because people wanted Mazzarea to somehow be put up first and have two horses DQ, like a double DQ or something, which is a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. Matt, I hear you. That was a tough beat for a lot of people. But again, we have people watching the show. Greatly appreciate it. All right, let's bring on our uh, guest, Kyle. So I've been waiting to do this, Kyle, for a long time. And mm-hmm. I think it's really important that we need to get the younger audiences involved in horse racing. When you get those 20-somethings, mm-hmm. those 30-somethings, you know, and I think it's very important to grow the game. You know how I feel about that. Yeah. And uh, so I wanted to find some younger age handicappers with experience. So the people that we have on tonight, ladies and gentlemen, are not like newbies to the game. Uh, but they are sort of younger, you know, millennial, Gen Z kind of guys. We, we all know Kyle if you follow the show. So let's bring on uh, two handicappers that are still in college as we speak. I know they're excited to be on the show. One ha- is a, a huge follower of the show. And has been on for, he's not been on, but he's been following the show for quite a while. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to him. And another one who's sort of a, uh, a friend of the family that I met, uh, was it last summer? I think it was last summer, right? It's crazy how time flies. Um, who actually has some family members that are involved in horse racing and <coughs> likes to bet. So let's bring on these two uh, gentlemen. Please welcome to the show from the East Coast, Patrick Kunzel. And from the Chicago area, Charlie Freeman. Patrick and Charlie, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing well. Yeah, I'm Charlie, doing well. Doing? doing well. Hopefully the audio is working. Not sure if it is, but. Yeah, it is actually it is a little better. Thanks, guys. So we appreciate you guys coming on the show. Uh, before we get on to a few questions we have, and then we're in a handicap. So those of you that are waiting to hear us break down the pick five for Saratoga tomorrow, it's going to be about 15 minutes or so. But, you know, we, we, of course, want you to stay on and learn and listen to Patrick and Charlie and hear about their background, 
but we will be handicapping the late pick five in about 15 to 20 minutes. So Patrick, why don't you introduce yourself first, uh, where you go to college and uh, et cetera, where you live. Yeah. So uh, I go to Rampo College, small school in northern New Jersey, about 15 miles outside of New York City, to be uh, precise. Um, and yeah, I live in a small town uh, in Bergen County, New Jersey, uh, called Tohokus. I don't know if two hyphenated, uh, hyphenated, two hyphens in it. Uh, it's very odd. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much where I've grown up. And I'm going to be year, a senior. What year are you in school? I'm going to be a senior. Okay. And you're, so you're, tw- how old are you? 21. 21. That's a good age. 21 is a good age. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, go ahead and introduce yourself, uh, where you're from, what college you go to, your year in school, et cetera. So, yeah, I'm Charlie Freeman. Uh, I'm from Deerfield, Illinois, a little bit, about a half hour north of uh, Chicago. Uh, I go to The Ohio State University. I'm going to be a sophomore this year, Uh, but I am kind of old for a sophomore, so I am 20. So we're getting there. Not quite, obviously, to 21 yet, but (laughs) so there's some limits, but horse racing is one of the few things I can legally gamble on. So it was easy (laughs) to get into that. There you go. I hear it now. I don't. You don't have Charlie, and I don't want to put your feet to the fire. You don't have to comment. But Kyle, I heard there there used to be something called fake IDs. I don't know if they're still around. <laughs> but I got a I got a strange thing. There are some college age people under twenty one that do have a beverage if they, if they choose to go that route. I don't know what but, you're talking about. Never heard of that before. Of course, of course, of course. Um, so let me get to some specific. By the way, Charlie uh, and Patrick, of course, thanks for coming on. Uh, Patrick, how'd you find out about the show? Because you've actually, I know you. I've seen you. I've seen you in the live chat for maybe even all up to a year and you've been following the show for quite a while, right? Yeah. Um, I, the first time I found out was, I think Andy Serling came on for the first time and he tweeted it about it. And, um, I followed him on Twitter and then, you know, I listened one night and just followed along every, ever since. And I've had the pleasure of meeting you, I think twice in person, right at the Belmont. And then a few weeks ago, um, at Saratoga, both with some of your buddies, you got a, you got a nice posse that comes along with you, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we, we have a good time. We may, uh, they may not know horse racing too much, but we have a good time. And then Charlie, um, so how I know you is because your mother and one of my sisters have been friends for a very long time. And um, I also and obviously know some of your other family members as well. So I had a chance to meet you for the first time. It was the last summer, I believe, correct? Yeah, yeah, we met. Uh, yeah, I think we met twice. I, um, I yeah. know you showed me around how it's like in the cool VIP area, and then I saw you again at the uh, Million right before I left for my freshman year. Yep, took him to the uh, green room, Kyle, upstairs there, Arlington, and yep. showed, you know, sh- showed him around a little bit. Uh, really fantastic, Patrick. I'm sure your family is wonderful. I haven't had a chance to meet them, but I can vouch and say to the whole world that Charlie's family is awesome, and and have had the pleasure of. Of knowing many of them for a long time, we've got. Uh, oh, Charlie, you got a fan. We got. Here. We got. We got um, fans Aiden, in the chat. Agan DG, is that? Did I pronounce that correct, Charlie? Yeah, yeah, it's one of my good friends from home. All right, Aiden, thanks for joining the show. Appreciate it. Like his little uh, picture there. We're gonna have a lot of people. Phil Conti is here. Uh, gaming Phil, thanks for uh, joining the show again. We appreciate all the support uh, that we have out there. All right, guys, we're gonna do a very quick roundtable. What I want to do, gentlemen is literally like two minutes per topic. So like 30 second answers, quick whip around, then we're gonna get into the handicapping. You're gonna see questions on the bottom of the screen, guys. We'll just go Kyle, Patrick, Charlie, and then we'll just snake back the other way, just like a fantasy draft. I think you guys know what that means. Coming up soon. Um, Come, so, yeah, exactly. Um, Kyle, real quick, 30 seconds for each person. Kyle, how'd you become interested in horse racing? I was gonna say, I know, I know I've been on the show before, guys kind of know my background, but um, went to Arlington ever since I was a kid with my father. Learning past him, started reading the program at about 10, 11 years old, 
started going through it and uh, my dad's here gone way surpassed him now but yeah just spending all those years at Arlington you know fam they had great family days out there so just all through and then once I was able to get you know gamble at 18 took off uh Patrick how did you get started in the game yeah so I never had it like a family member or anything that was interested in horse racing so I kind of just took it on like right before the pandemic um I just started watching I was just on the TV and I just found a love for it and I loved the gambling side of it um yeah. Very simple. So it's the pandemic sort of a the, lot, you know. The, yeah, I the mean, pandemic. Obviously, COVID is, it was was it is was a bad thing, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, the one benefit was it did bring a lot of people in the horse racing game. Uh, Charlie, how about yourself? I know you go way back, way before COVID. Yeah. So I've been into horse racing, or at least going to the tracks, as far as I can remember, because uh, my uncle was a trainer. My grandfather owned horses. So I've been going to Arlington since probably three, four, five years old. Um, but then I really started to get into it. I'd say like middle school was when my uncle would start to explain the program to me and show me his bets and kind of explain like exact all like the basic stuff so I could start to understand the sport. And then really in high school is when, I mean, allegedly I might have put money on stuff, even if I wasn't quite of age, allegedly we'll say. <laughs> I might have had adults place for me. I might have kind of taken the taking the reins myself but yeah i really started getting into in high school because my buddies and i would get out of school early on fridays so we would just go to the track and it's just a great way to spend the day out by the way your your uncle who of course was my next door neighbor uh growing up or across yeah. the street so to say uh worked with wesley ward correct yeah they're really they're, they're really close i um I, I go to florida a lot especially like winter spring break and summer so whenever we go to golf stream we get to hang out in his box which is pretty nice and now uh, let's good. just say let's just say wesley may have had an influence on uh one of my picks later on in the night I had to show some love to him. Ah, okay. Well, we'll we look, we look forward to that. Uh, Charlie, we're going to start with you first on this question. You, you actually just answered that a little bit, but tracks you like to bet the most and then where and how do you bet? In other words, you go to an OTB, do you, do you bet it from home remotely? So which tracks and how? So for me, obviously with Arlington being about a half hour, 45 minutes for me, I was, I've been to Arlington my whole life. And then I went to Gulfstream a lot when I would be in Florida. So I'd say those are the only two, uh, those are the only tracks I've been to. Uh, I visited Churchill Downs, but I never like had the chance to actually bet on it. Um, and then, so I'd say mainly out track, but then recently once I became old enough where I wouldn't have to worry about betting in an OTB with getting in trouble, cause they do ID with the, at the OTBs, which I learned the hard way when I tried to sneak a few bets in. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I started to do the OTB eventually and I just bet like the New York tracks, Florida tracks, uh, Churchill downs and Arlington. I'd say those were the main tracks I'd bet on. So now you're betting online, correct? Through your ADW, whatever you use, correct? At home. Uh, so I haven't really gotten to bet this summer other than when I was in Florida because I was going to try to go to the OTB that's right near me. But uh, unfortunately, they haven't gotten their license yet since it used to be with Arlington. Right. Um, Patrick, what tracks? I'm assuming you're a Naira guy. You probably like New York. And then yep. how do you actually place your bets and where, et cetera? Yeah, so I, I'm a Naira guy, you know, the New York Racing Association circuit. Um, and then I uh, I use the TVG. Uh, it's called 4NJ Bets in New Jersey. Uh, I use that. So pretty much, you know, I just play for home or unless I'm at the track and I do go down to the Meadowlands on sometimes Fridays, Friday afternoons. Um, I don't bet, uh, the harness racing, but I'll go to the simulcast area. Uh, know a couple people down there and I'll just hang out there and bet, you know, whatever thoroughbreds nice. on. And I, you know, real quick, Charlie, when do you go back to school? Uh, I go back August 17th and Charlie, so. I'm sorry. And, uh, Patrick, excuse me. I go back August 31st. 
Okay, so you guys got. Uh, I go back to school tomorrow. Uh, my oh, wow. students don't come tomorrow, but I got a, a meetings, and so my summer is officially over tonight. Great way to end the summer. Um, Kyle, real quick, tracks you like, and then how do you bet? Yep, and uh, I bet if I'm not sitting on Howard's couch betting on my ADW, I'm somewhere <laughs> betting on AD, my ADW. So, um, all it's again since the track closed near me, it's all been all online. Just been sitting in front of my TV on the weekends, but. Tracks I like to bet the most, obviously, be working at Arlington every single day. Betting, I literally bet it every single day it was open for five years or whatever it was. But now, basically, it's Florida tracks in the winter, New York tracks in the summer. We might explain. Um, Kyle does not live with me, by the way. He no, I over, do not. <laughs> he comes over to my house once in a while on weekends and plays uh, the bet. So just want to. <laughs> yeah, I probably should clear that one up. Yeah, no, that's all right. I'll, I'll do it for you. All right, Kyle, you got the next one here. Uh, are you a vertical or horizontal guy, Kyle? I was always a vertical better when I worked at Arlington, always through and through. And then uh, actually starting with this show, I actually started getting more and more into horizontal betting. And the next thing you know, you know I'm back-to-back pick five. So um, I'm definitely more of a horizontal player now, but I still will throw some verticals in there for sure. You probably started like me, the old across-the-board bet, you know, maybe mm-hmm. exactter or try. And now we've graduated yep. into the pick fours, the, pick fives. The best, best thing I ever did, gave out a straight high five, never looked back to verticals after that, not getting any better. Wow. Arlington was always good for that big high five carryover yep. in the last race. In the last which race. Which would always be some crappy like 5,000 condition not winners of two going a mile cluster after oh i wouldn't even if you got the first two you'd be happy little in the first five Mm -hmm. uh patrick you like that vertical exact to try you are you getting more in pick four pick five kind of guy well i'm actually the same as kyle i was a vertical guy early on and that now more leaning towards the horizontals uh because of the payouts and you know i love singling that one horse to lower the ticket you know that's just the way i go and it's great Uh, Charlie? Uh, yeah, I'd say I'm definitely more vertical. Uh, I know the first time that I met up with you at Arlington, that was like the first time I tried doing some horizontal. I haven't done horizontal bigger than like a pick three or pick four since I am brand new to it. But I mean, it's definitely fun. I will say it's also definitely kind of one of those things where it is a lot cooler if you happen to be on a heater where it's like, oh, I hit three in a row where they're actually all paired and you pick a few rather than yeah. just like three small payouts in a row. So Right. That def- I can see the appeal to it. And I definitely want to get more into horizontal over time. Well, and for you sports bettors, it's basically, you know, horizontal play. What we mean that is like betting the winner in race one, race two, and race three. And it's basically like a, a like a, a parlay, right? It's yeah. like a three or 14 parlay if you're a sports better. So it's harder to hit, but the payouts can be uh, great. Charlie, you're supposed to say that I gave you that pick four for the first time. <laughs> you hit for like 5,000 or something. I honestly don't know what happened, but you don't have to say, but um if you're going to play horizontals for you younger, or it doesn't really matter the age of the people watching, but if you're less experienced, highly recommend you start with a double, just one race mm-hmm. and just two races back to back. That's that, that can be profitable as well. You don't have to do three in a row, four in a row, five in a row. Yeah. You'll work your way up, start with the double. Then if you're, Oh, maybe try a pick three with three races in a row, etc. You can't, don't just start right into the pick fours and pick fives. They're way too difficult. They're not going to be profitable for you. It takes a long time. Kyle, you want to chime in. I was going to say, and one thing I want to say was always going to the track as as a young person. I never did any homework beforehand. It was always race by race as you're sitting there on the bench. So doubles are always easier for people that like that are younger and like to have it that way because you can only have to look two races in advance. You don't have to right. do straight five races in a row. You can kind of just do those two. And like Howard said, they can be profitable. I mean. You don't even need big prices. I mean, you go two to one, five to one. It could pay upwards of 12, 13 to one for one for a one dollar bet. So Absolutely. I would agree. 
All right, now guys, this is the big question. We'll, we'll take a little. We'll take about ten minutes. Then we're gonna handicap. So those of you waiting, we appreciate you uh, watching. It's episode one sixty seven. It's college night here on the HHH Racing Podcast. We're talking to three fantastic young handicappers who who know the game. We're helping out everyone uh, learning how to win money at the races. We're gonna take about eight minutes, guys, on this because this is the big question that I think has been addressed before many times, but I'm still not sure, frankly, that the horse ring horse racing community has figured it out. And the question is, and Kyle, I'm going to let you go first. Mm-hmm. And uh, Patrick and Charlie, you can piggyback off of his comments. How can the horse racing community grow the game to the younger gambling audiences? There's been many things that's tried. Kyle, I think there, there have been some strides made, but it's mm-hmm. not even close to the number of people that are, you know, doing fantasy sports or, you know, doing other, you know, esports is big right now. Um, horse racing can always survive, but if we don't get the younger people more involved, it's going to be a lot more difficult to survive and grow. So, Kyle, are there a few thoughts that come to mind right away on how we can grow the game to the, you know, 20 and 30-somethings out there? Oh, yeah. I mean, and like I said, I know um, since I've been on the show before, I know I've talked about this, but like I think your podcast is a great sim- is a great symbol. It's the mainstream media is where it's going to get this traction is – these sports accounts. And I think, like I said, I think Naira is doing a really good job because they're doing very well on their social media accounts, not only just covering races, but just covering like the full front of it. Cause um, I know a lot of Naira stuff comes from like the backstretch where they take pictures with the horses and they, you know, they showcase different horses and they get, and those pictures, those like, you know, the cute horse pictures or whatever, they get put onto other accounts, which then carry over and over and over. And I think that's where, that like on Instagram or Twitter, I think less on Twitter, more on Instagram, but just stuff that can get more into the mainstream media and get more people, you know, Oh, I love that horse. That horse looks so good. Let's not, she's going to look, you know, it races. Oh, on the 27th, it races for the Travers for epicenter. So, you know, it's just stuff like that, I think. And I think podcasts and YouTube shows are a good stepping stone into that because Kids, I mean, I really don't watch TV anymore except for sports. Really, the only thing I watch on the TV is the White Sox game right now. So, um, so I'm always on YouTube. Are they in first place yet? By the way, don't don't give me. <laughs> I swear to God, don't you give me. By the way, Patrick, are you a Mets guy or who do you follow? I'm actually an Atlanta Braves fan. Ooh, Braves, interesting. Yeah. New Jersey, what the hell? Yeah, my dad. Yeah, my dad. I got oh, okay. that from my dad. So, well, well, good, good luck beating the Dodgers and San Diego and the Mets in the playoffs if Atlanta gets them. Hey, anyway, we just got I, I digress, the Kyle, Mets, so. <laughs> No, you're good. I mean, that's like I said, but that's the kind of way I view it. Is these YouTube shows are really nice because as long as you know they do other stuff on uh, Instagram or they're seeing horse racing stuff and they search it up, they will get these videos recommended to them. And yeah. that's where it can really take off. And then they show their friends and say, you know, oh, there's this great horse. There's this gray horse that looks really awesome. And he's racing in the next race yeah. or race on Saturday. So I think that's the mainstream media is really where horse racing has untapped potential. I think. And, and Patrick, before we get to you, I've seen more on TikTok. I think on mm-hmm. TikTok is obviously huge. It doesn't even have to be like a horse that has won any big races. Right. Just something cool a horse does just like, to get people involved in the actual animal itself. Mm-hmm. Patrick, any thoughts on how we can grow the game with the younger audience? Yeah. I, like you said, TikTok is definitely smart. I think they should utilize that more, um, especially with like big name horses, like Kyle was saying, uh, like a flight line, for example, uh, epicenter, like with the Travers coming up, they need to utilize those horses and, you know, brand them up and, you know, promotions and commercials about them. Cause I think younger kids will get attached to that. Um, and that's, you know, 
that's how I kind of got attached, you know, watching the Kentucky Derby and stuff like that. Like, you know, make sure you promote that a lot. Yep. Um, Charlie, some thoughts. Uh, Charlie, you've had, have you seen anything at the racetrack itself that you think is good? Because I have some thoughts I want to express that I think racetrack industries and, uh, you know, and, and racetrack administrators can do like on a daily basis for younger players. Have you seen anything at any of the tracks you've gone to, Charlotte? Like, hey, that's really good for like guys my age. Well, I mean, I will definitely say like this is, I think it's less about age, more so about just getting with the times, but going more and more technology-based where it is more machine-based, where you can just go up and press a few buttons and do it yourself is a lot more appealing. I think having these apps like TVG and just continuing to make more horse racing based betting apps is appealing because the reality is a lot of kids of our generation, not, not necessarily are lazy, but it's more so like, look, if I can just take out my phone and like set my fantasy football lineup or just go click this to place a bet or something, it's a lot more appealing. So I definitely think trying to use these, like trying to make apps and use apps uh, to promote it would help and make it easier. I think TikTok again is a great idea, but I also think it's less about what needs to be done and more about like what's already there. I, like I would say I've noticed over the years of going to Arlington and Gulfstream it already has naturally become more of a younger audience. I know I ran into uh, one of my friends that goes to a different college and he was like, yeah, one of the things we decided to do over break was me and all my fraternity brothers went to go spend a day at the track. Like, I just think naturally the idea of just spending a day hanging out with like your college friends, drinking, betting on some races is fun. And again, the other thing that's nice is you don't have to be 21 for it. Like you only have to be 18 to bet on it. So you can start going to do it at a younger age. It's pretty much the only thing gambling wise you can legally do at that age, you don't have to worry about doing anything like illegal or at risk. And then I would also say like the thing I always use as an argument, this is how I kind of got my friends into it. Uh, as I was like, we could spend a day, like we could go get dinner and a movie, let's say. And I don't know, you spend maybe like 40, 50 bucks on that. You already, you automatically lose the 40, 50 bucks. Now you can go to like the track, spend maybe 10 bucks on food, enjoy a nice day out there with the good weather and bet. And like you bet, I don't know, a couple, like two to five bucks a race. You're not losing more than that. You could win money. It's just a nice way to be competitive, yep. to hang out and spend a day. I, I think Jim, Kyle, before you pay, I think yep. Jim Pilar's and Jim, thanks for joining the show. Jim is, is, is sort of saying what Charlie is making. Uh, again, I'm going to read this because I sometimes I forget, guys, that people are only listening to the audio version. Jim Pilar said need to make the racetrack an event, which is what you were just saying, Charlie, beyond racing, craft beer night, wine tasting, live bands, attract younger men and women, expose them uh, to the product. And you got to attract, you know, the female uh, fans as well, because – Rumor has it the guys enjoy when there are plenty nice-looking females to the track and vice versa. So it's a good social gathering as well. Kyle, you just want to look like you wanted to piggyback on something. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, Jim's Jim hit it on the head. I, that's exactly what I was going to say was I think, um, and obviously rest in peace, I, I think that's what Arlington did well is they had college night, Friday night. Um, they used to have uh, what party in the park after dark is what it was yeah. called, where they had co uh, bands playing the whole time except obviously when the horses were on the track, but literally the whole night long, they would play bands and that would attract all these younger age people into there, whether it's, you know, $2 beers and all that stuff, but it's just the stuff to get the younger generation into the track. And what Charlie said, I mean, that's what I've used the whole time. I used that while I was working at Arlington, they were saying, you know, why do you love it so much? And I'm like, because I can go out there, pay free parking. Granted Arlington wasn't free admission, but it's college that college night was free admission for college students. So you show your ID, you get in for free, you park for free, you buy $2 beers and you're spending, you know, you spent $2 a race for nine races. You're spending less than 20 bucks and it just makes sense. Yeah. Um, I want to answer, uh, Daryl, that's a tricky question. Less than 20%. I mean, yeah. two out of 10, 
and you're assuming you structure your ticket correctly, you're gold. I mean, I, I'd say, you know, 20, like a baseball player, 20, 20, 25%, you're, you're in real good shape there. Um, Patrick, another thing from Daryl. Do you agree with this on the bottom, Patrick? Daryl said, I think many younger players get discouraged after a few bad losses and quit playing. Have you found that with any of your friends or people that you know? They say, yeah, it was fun, but I lost. Now I don't want to do it again. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and that's what I think kind of the problem is. And, you know, when you start losing, you start chasing and stuff like that. And specifically with my friends, when they start losing, they start going after long shots. And then, you know, when <laughs> yeah. you start chasing long shots, that can get really bad. But Jay uh, doesn't do that, does he? Uh, he does. Yeah. <laughs> going going uh, three for 94 at Saratoga was not the, the most ideal uh, thing wow. for it. No, I was just throwing him under the bus there. Uh, but one thing I did want <laughs> to hit we, on. We like giving shit to people. That's all right. It's all good. Yeah. One thing I did want to hit on with, you know, Saratoga, you know, they've actually gotten a lot better in the backyard from previous years. But I did go there, you know, right after the pandemic. So I think they were kind of just opening everything back up. Saratoga's done a great job with like the wine tastings and a lot of good things in the backyard. Um, But a lot of that is kind of pricey. So they might have to, you know, lower that a little bit, but Saratoga is a great experience with, to get the buddies. And even if you don't have to sit in the grandstand, you could go sit in the backyard. You might have to get there early and set up chairs and stuff, but you could have a great fun day, bring coolers, bring your own beers. It's great. The last thing I'll say, and we're going to move on guys, Uh, a few, a few thoughts I have, and these are not original, but these are thoughts that I've heard. You know, it, it, it might seem costly for a track, but I would say anyone under the age of 30, free program. Not like on special night, just every night. Just free program. What does it cost? Five bucks? That five bucks is going to be churned back in for sure, either through beverages or through betting. Just free programs, anyone under 30. I also think we need to do more contests on track. It doesn't have to be difficult. Like, you know, who could pick the most winners out of 10 races? All you got to do, you fill out a card. And make it more like fantasy. Just pick out a winner. And you don't even have to know much about horse racing. You can just teach someone, here are the odds. You know, what does three to one mean? And let people just fill out freaking their birthday numbers. Who cares? But more contests. I think because DFS is really big. Daily Fantasy Sports, for those people who don't know what I'm talking about. I think tracks you to get more contest heavy, but not difficult. Not live money. Just like pick a winner kind of contest for younger mm-hmm. players. Make it really simple. Make it fun. Maybe if you pick like four more in a row you get like a coupon for a beer or something like it doesn't, we, we seem to be centering a lot around drinking. Not everyone has to drink by the way, when we go to the track, but you know, whatever, get a free, you know, $10 uh, uh, gift certificate to, to, to the store, to, to, to the, you know, the store, the track store, whatever, something, or maybe, you know, a, a free admission on a big day. I think there's a lot of promotional stuff that can be done. That's not being mm-hmm. done to the younger people. And I think uh, what, what you guys said were all great ideas. Um, Oh, right, I just, guys. oh, sorry, I was just going to piggyback on that real quick because one yeah. thing I was going to say kind of relates to what you were saying. Um, I know one of the days I was at the OTV um, and this really like got them like popular and buzzing was what they basically just did was they would have these like little raffles, whether it was like win box seats to a day at Arlington or like win some sort of dis- like food discount at Arlington. And you wouldn't even have to win anything. It would literally just be like, if you lost, put your losing ticket in there right on the back, like your name and your like email or number and you're entered it. And I think that would be a great thing for younger people because you're kind of right. A lot of younger people get discouraged. Like, oh, they lose a few bets. Then they like chase or get upset. But like if you were to tell them, okay, you lost like, I don't know, six bucks on a few bets, put those losing tickets into some sort of raffle to win something. And it encourages them to come back. Uh, thanks, Daryl. I appreciate that. And Charlie, I think you're exactly right. There's a lot of things. Um, uh, actually, Daryl's got, let, let's take this one question. 
and then we'll get into the handicap. This is again from Daryl. Let me go back to our regular screen. Uh, Daryl's question for you for this is for I'll let this for Charlie and for Patrick. What do your parents think about you playing the horses? Patrick? Yeah, are they so, okay with it? Oh uh, yeah, they're fine with it. Um, you know, as long as I'm not, you know, going above and beyond with my money playing it. Sure. Um but I'm I'm pretty I feel like I'm pretty smart with my money. So, you know, as long as they notice that I'm they're fine with it. And you know, I go you know, like you saw me at Saratoga, they let me go on the trips and stuff like that, go to Belmont yeah. whenever I want, go down to the Meadowlands. Because you know, I have a good time and I have friends that like to do it, so we have a good time with it. Uh Charlie just I mean Younger people, just like any, you know, thing that can be addictive. I mean, you got to be careful, right? No matter what, yeah. you know, what you're doing. I mean, yeah, and again, I'd say, I think they're honestly more okay with it than other things. Because again, it actually is legal. Like the reality is there's plenty of people around our age or a little younger or older that are trying to find ways to be able to bet on sports where you do need to be 21. So it's like, look, if I can do a way where I'm going out to spend a day with my friends and again, the, I think the main thing that kind of got them on board was, I, I, as I explained what I kind of mentioned earlier on this, like, look, I could go to a dinner and movie with my friends or do this or that, whatever activity I want where you have to spend money. That's the same idea. It's just, as long as I don't go too crazy and if I start losing, like I'm able to control myself, then they don't mind. And they know they trust yeah. me to control myself. As Kyle knows, and I'm just giving Kyle crap. I don't know why I bring him up. There's a lot worse things that kids that age could be doing, of course. So uh, I know Kyle just was probably oh, home. Just, wait a second. You know, <laughs> was probably basket weaving or something. Just watching, reading some poetry on most yes, college nights, whatever. All right, let's get into pick five, guys. Are we ready to rock and roll? We're going to show these old curmudgeons that are watching the show how to handicap, guys. So Patrick and Charlie, like I said, of course we know Kyle has been with us several times um, and is, is a main contributor to the show, but uh, Patrick and Charlie have been ha handicapped for several years and they know what they're talking about. And so, but we're here to, you know, help them out and help out people as well that are interested. So let's get into the pick five guys. We're going to start Kyle. You're going to go first. Let me go ahead and bring up our picks. Now, as usual, um, our guests that do not know each other's picks, you're going to see us scroll the bottom of the screen. It's the first time they've seen each other's picks. And Kyle, of course, we got to start the pick five tomorrow, Wednesday. It starts at three 55 Eastern standard time it's race six of course we got to start with a baby race with <laughs> many of these horses have not even run it's a two-year-old for two-year-old fillies restricted new york reds nice purse eighty-eight thousand are going six furlongs on the dirt obviously there's the field there um and also there is one uh there there are some also eligibles and we i think we'd all agree the 11 i'm just kidding if the 11 gets in he's very is it uh, she is sorry right no yes. he. Oh, she, I'm sorry. She. If I'm just kidding, gets in, she's very, very live. Um, I didn't include her in my picks because I'm assuming she doesn't get in, but certainly she can. This is definitely a situation, Kyle, where, you know, you got to see what, what the board looks like. Uh, but uh, let me go ahead and switch to, there we go. You have, who do you, you've got the eights, Kyle, on top, and that would be Maple Leaf Mel for Jeremiah Englehart and Joel Rosario, who's got some very nice works. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the things. Um, and I do agree with the 11. I assumed that she wasn't just going to get in, but um, she's definitely dangerous. If she does um, not only the works. Um, I had some, I have some Pete Visco stats on the eight that I thought were really interesting nice. with this Let's one. So um, angle heart with who's Pete Visco again. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's some, some old guy, I think doesn't belong in college night. Whoa. Uh, Whoa, 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 whoa. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I love you. I'm kidding. Um, but Englehart wins with 22% of his first time dirt start dirt sprinters. 
And with and you upgrade that to two year old first time dirt sprinters, it goes up to twenty four percent. He actually wins with a two point oh two ROI, which for again for the younger crowd that um, the less experienced, it means that's return on investment. Anything over one is a positive, so it's over double the money with that twenty four percent, which I thought was extremely interesting. And uh, cross traffic winnings wins only about seven percent of his two year old first time starters, but he does win at a higher average of thirteen percent for dirt sprinters. So I thought the angle heart being over twenty percent for both of those stats was a very interesting. Uh, coupled with the uh, great works that this horse has, I feel like yeah. that this horse is really dangerous. And so the the dam is city gift. Mm -hmm. You could see uh, there you go, Charlie. That's the dam ran a lot at Gulfstream and was as you can see on the screen there. And was very fast. And one of the siblings is Eddie's gift, who won over almost 168,000 with a lot of ones in the PP. So it looks like there's a good chance this horse will be fast. Again, you have to, uh, they are going six and cost 150,000. You got to see what the board looks like. My guess right. is that Maple Leaf Mel uh, will be the favorite. Charlie, let's go to you next, Charlie. You've got the seven security code on top for, for Phil Serpe and Tyler Gaffleone. This is another. Uh, well-bred horse you think that uh, could win yeah so i mean i really liked reading about the commentary that was brought in because it always is tough with first-time starters yeah. um again i don't do a whole lot at new york so i don't quite know in terms of the training times quite the reference but i do know typically if you're looking at around the 48 second time for four furlongs that's strong so seeing that 47 four really yeah. got me excited and then i also will say for me personally the two rules i always at least try to follow when it comes to betting first-time starters is avoid the rail at all costs. I've seen too many times a horse on the rail get startled, so I made sure to avoid that. And I also do think the jockey is very important. And for me, Tyler Gaffleone's my favorite jockey. I think he's one of the best in the game. Okay. I, I have seen plenty of times when I've been in Florida, first-time stars that he's ridden and have had plenty of success. So it was very appealing to see a yeah. horse that had good workouts with Tyler Gaffleone on it. Well, this is a nice family, too, Charlie. Stop spending Maria the dam, as you can see, was staked as a two-year-old for Todd Pletcher. Had a nine, broke uh, her mane with a nine to one buyer, and this one of the one of the siblings is Blewett, a horse that many of you might know, named after Jason Blewett, who used to work in Naira. Patrick, perhaps you know that name from back in the day, Jason Blewett. And Charlie, you might know the name because he actually covered Gulfstream for a time as well. And now he works for West Point. But anyway, Blewett um, is still running. Actually, just ran what was it last week at Saratoga, not very well, but did run. But he's won three hundred sixty thousand dollars. Anyway, this is a very good family. I think that's an excellent pick by you, um, Charlie. Um, I don't have too much to um, – actually, Patrick, did you want to – sorry, I don't want to – you want to talk about – let's talk about the 11 in case the 11 gets in. I'm just kidding, uh, Patrick. Yeah, the 11 had a uh, a good run first time out. Um, but like you said, obviously, you know, he might not be able to get in due to, you know, the scratches being minimal here with the two-year-old race. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I do want to hit on with the eight, like we said, with the works – Bill uh, Parcells, by the way, owns a piece of that horse, Patrick, the eight. Oh, wow. On the bottom of the screen, someone just commented. Yeah, go go Giants. Uh, I like that. Yeah, definitely like that. Um, <laughs> with the eight, the workouts are, are have been incredible. And Jeremiah Engelhart is a New York-based trainer. So, you know, when it comes to Saratoga and, you know, a lot of people are betting it, they might not know too much about him if, you know, you're not too interested in the Naira circuit. And he, he is a decent trainer, so, you know, yeah. he, he could have a this, – this horse seems very live. A uh, quick question for Patrick, then we're going to move on. I don't have too much to add, by the way, guys. You see I got 8-7-1. I want to look at the board. I don't think uh, – despite a big field, my gut feeling is that the top horses are standouts here. I don't think this race can be won by a long shot. 
Patrick, real quick, are you one of those kind of people that is always looking for a first-time star in these kind of races, or would you prefer a horse as experienced, or is it very situational for you? Um, I do like uh, two-year-olds that have a start under their belt compared to a first-time starter, um, yeah. especially because I could watch a replay and see how they raced and see what sure. see what they were like. But, I, yeah, I definitely do. Okay. Um, so it looks like eight and seven are going to take the bulk of the money. Uh, highly recommend, as usual, everyone out there, look at the board. The board will tell. Does that mean the top choice they're going to win? No. But, you know, listen to Maggie Wolfendale. I know Kyle would totally agree with that as well as Patrick, as someone who listens to Naira. She, she's excellent, along with Acacia Clement. They're very good at looking at horses in the paddock and seeing their behaviors with these babies. Let's go on uh, to the next race, guys. Uh, this is going to be race seven. This is the second race of the sequence. And by the way, I thought this was a tough sequence in general. So I'll hopefully one of us will be able to uh, hit. The next race is a starter allowance 50,000. For those of you that don't know what that means, and you can see the condition on the screen uh, for three-year-olds and up, that means they had to have started a race for 50,000 or less. So again, they had to have started, they had to be in for a claiming tag of 50,000 or less to be eligible for this race. It's on the turf. It's on the grass. It's a sprint. They're going five and a half furlongs. I just want to point out the rails are out. Um, the weather's going to be fine. With the rails out, usually that helps speed. It's no guarantee. I would lean a little bit more towards speed when the rails are out, personally for me. Charlie, we're going to have you go first here, young man. It's a, a big field. Again, this is a very difficult field here. Let me go ahead and switch the banners. And Charlie is going to go with the two, um, who's breaking from the one hole. Hey, Wesley Ward, what a surprise. There you go, Charlie. He's going with the Wesley Ward. Just say when Ired Ortiz takes them on, Charlie. See, I mean, again, I read one of the best in the game. Wesley, un unbelievable trainer. I know I'm a little biased about that. The one thing I will say about Wesley, which does actually make it tough for me uh, when it comes to betting his horses is, as you know, Howard, I am more of a closers type of guy. However, yeah. when it is a shorter race, I know that's where Wesley's horses thrive. And I also know, again, with him getting the rail as well, only helps his case more. I liked looking at his last results, seeing that the distance wasn't a problem. Yes, he obviously wasn't able to finish with the win, but I didn't see any sort of significant fading, which I like to see. And again, I just think when you have a duo with Irad Ortiz and Wesley Ward, that's very strong. The only other horse, at least to me personally, that really intrigued me with, other than the two was the five, simply because the five is more of a closing type of horse, as you can see in its last race, which kind of just thought to me, if there is a lot of speed early on that gets away and the two is able to lead that speed, the only real way I see the two maybe losing this shorter race is if the speed horses gas out and the five is able to take advantage of a very quick pace and close up, which we've seen when he does choose to start a little farther back off the pace, he thrives a lot more than when he tries to go to the front. So I do have a feeling that Jose Ortiz will try to keep him a little back, which could help him. I think that's an excellent point. Patrick, you also have the two, but you got the four, four harp, 10 to one morning line. Uh, you're looking for a little bit of a price maybe underneath her. Yeah, I am. And uh, like Charlie said, with the speed on, especially turf sprints, one thing I've learned this summer, especially at Saratoga, being on the lead or in front of the pace in turf sprints is an advantage because, you know, things get boggled up you know, in the back stretch and then on the turn. And yeah. um, I think the four is going to have speed with Jose Lascano, who I love on the turf. Yeah. You know, he's only has this one star. I sort of like uh, uh, Patrick when horses do something new for the first time and do it well. So maybe this horse just likes the turf and, and 
ran well against Brazilian Air last time. I think it's an interesting long shot. Kyle, you also, all three guys have the two. Jeez. I can't wait to talk about the two guys in just a yeah. second. Either I'm going to look like a complete fool and these young men are going to be completely right or, or whatever. We'll see. Um, who do you have underneath here, Kyle? You can, finally, yeah. someone who's got a little, someone who's got the right horse here. <laughs> Kyle, talk about King Moon Racer. This is my top choice. Yeah. I was, I was literally, I was this close to putting King Moon Racer above Just Say When. I just think Just Say When's the speed of the speed. And I think being in front, like, like the other guys have touched on here. Yeah, maybe. I feel like he's um, being in front on these turf sprints, especially at Saratoga this year, has been an advantage. But um, King Moon Racer, and I think King Moon Racer might just like the six to seven better, but he did close well in the last race. And I think Castellano is as best as they get right now. He's just been riding really well over at Saratoga which is really nice to see the horse is working well. There's really no knock on this horse at all. And like I said, I was this close to picking that horse. But um, I think if the brace does fall apart, I think uh, to Charlie's point, I think that is a very good, um, a very good point. I just think uh, personally, I think the six just has the speed to be able to close far faster than the rest of them. And as well, that's why I have the nine underneath as well. I think his back numbers work really well for this. Although yep. two of his really good back numbers are routing on the turf, but I feel like yep. if he can get a little bit more forwardly placed and do it, I think he has a really good shot to go underneath as well. All right, guys. So in order for me to explain, I do want to talk about this race a little bit. We got to watch a replay. Let's watch this July 14th replay. Now for those inexperienced handicappers watching at home or even experienced handicappers, and I'm going to put ourselves on screen a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, this is exactly the kind of race you got to watch replay because there are four horses. You see these four horses that are in the darker um, blue, the bold blue. All those four horses ran together last time. Just say when, who is the two in this race? Starry, Starry Night, who was mentioned by, I believe, Patrick. Or was it was it Charlie mentioned the Starry uh, Night? Yeah, I mentioned Starry, Starry Night. Yeah, the five. King Moon Racer, my top choice is the sixth. And then Propensity is the one, I believe, or is it the, yeah, the one in this race. But breaking from the outside, so let's watch. We're gonna we're gonna watch a good portion of this race. Uh, this is the last time they ran. Uh, let me just say straight out, I'm a little bit against all these horses. I'm not a huge fan of this particular race, and I'll explain why. Now, in this race, as you guys can see on the screen, let me go full screen. Just say one, who's the Wesley Ward horse that a lot of these guys like, is the four in this race. Starry Star Knights the one. King Moon Racer, my personal top choice, is the nine. Propensity's the 10. So watch the 1, 4, 9, and 10 in this race. So we're just going to go basically right to the stretch for the most part. But I don't want to do that. All right, let's freeze it right here. When they get up. All right. So actually, let me go a little bit forward. There we go. So here's Just Say When, the 4 that you on the inside, getting a dream trip, by the way. A dream trip. King Moon Racer is this horse in green that's going to be making a huge wide move. I want you to watch those two horses in general a lot. Uh, there's another horse that's up close. So here's King King Moon Racer is way, way out. Look, look at this. King Moon Racer is way out here. Meanwhile, the four horse, just say one, is going to get a dream trip and tip out. And propensity is the 10. So you want to watch. The horses you sort of want to watch here are the ones that are right uh, here here and i think the 10 is right here if i recall so here here's the wesley ward here's the horse i like the most and you see um the four angled out and got a nice trip here's propensity taking the lead here's the ward horse here's king moon racer who is very very wide and then the one is also um i believe in this race 
as well. And just say one gets beat by a horse that comes up the inside. And you see the other, sorry, it's this horse, the four, nine, 10 are the other horses in the one. So they're all right there. Here's my problem. I thought just say one guys, the four, who's the two uh, tomorrow, got a dream trip. And the horse that won, Winter Sun, was 43 to one. When, when a horse, when a race is won by a 43 to one shot, and they sort of are clunked together at the end, guys, to me, that signifies a race that's, ah, eh, not a big fan. Just Say Win can absolutely win. He's probably going to be the favorite. You guys are probably going to be right. This is a horse I would never bet at like nine to five that he's mm-hmm. going to be. And in fact, I'm not using him as an A. I'm going to use him as a B. I think um, King Moon Racer got an extremely wide trip and raced just as well, even though he finished, what, fourth in that race. And the other horse I want to mention real quick, let me go back to the PPs, um, is the one in this race who is um, who's vocalized. Vocalized is a horse, guys, that is not in the replay we just watched. And I like that. I like, I just, I don't think it's the strongest race. I'm looking for a fresh face. This is a new claim by Linda Rice, who's really good, guys. Just claimed for 50. Has enough tactical speed. I'm not sure the kind of trip, but it gets Flavian for Linda. Hmm. Interesting to me. I also like the fact this horse has not run in over a month. I think they've been pointing to this race. The horse has been freshened up, yada, yada. I'm going 6-1-2 in general. I don't know about the replay we watched, and if I want a horse out of that replay, I like King Moon Racer, who is five wide. There's my opinion uh, of that race. Just say win can win. It's a big spread race. It's very difficult uh, for sure. Let's go to the next race, guys. And let me go ahead and switch a few things around here. Let me switch the banners. Let's go to race eight. This is a nice stake race. Um, it is race eight. Um, it's the tail of the cat. I think, Patrick, I think you're going to go first. I'm not sure if you've gone first here or not, but if you, whether you have or not, I'll have you go first. Uh, it's a restricted stake for four-year-olds and up, 135000 They have not won a graded stake in 2022 it's seven furlongs on the dirt it's a small field but a nice field you got a big favorite here in the number three uh southern district for chad brown and manny franco but patrick's saying no 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 no. i'm not gonna go with the chalk i i know a guy named phil so i'm gonna go with mr phil i don't know if that's why you like the horse patrick but anyway you and mr phil who is in very uh, nice form gets a nice cozy outside post trained oh, i didn't switch it over my bad uh let me switch it over come on here we go trained by there he is rob atris and carmouche kendrick real nice gate rider that's who you're going with on top yeah so rob atris has not had a uh Sar- a good saratoga meet which is well documented but mr phil comes out of that true north that grade two against jackie's warrior and he was er- jackie's every- who jackie's warrior <laughs> just kidding Pretty damn good horse, right? Maybe yeah, the best sprinter in the country. Exactly. And Mr. Phil was uh, stride for stride with Jackie's Warrior down the backside. Obviously, you know, watching the replay, he tailed off because the speed just got to him. But yeah. I do think in this race, besides Southern District, who I think is going to be off of Mr. Phil, I think Mr. Phil could take him the distance. And I'm going to try that with Carmouche because I know he's going to be aggressive with Mr. Phil. I'm not yeah. scared about that. I think this horse fits in perfectly in this race. My one question about Mr. Phil Patrick is the distance. Now, two back, he won very well going seven. 
was against a bit cheaper, and he got away with a 22 and three first quarter, which I think is generally a little bit slow. Are you, do you have any concerns about the distance at all, uh, Phil? If he, or sorry, Phil Patrick, if he can't get the lead? Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I, I honestly, if he's not on the lead, I I don't think he wins. Um, okay. That's why I'm gonna play it with the pick five, not to spoil it. F- yeah. uh, five three, and you know. Perfect. So you got speed and a closer, etc. You yeah. got it covered in your mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Charlie, you're going with the three Southern district. This is going to be a heavy favorite. This is Chad and Franco and Clarovich stables. So, you know, this horse is going to take a, a ton of money. David Aragona, the morning line maker, who's really good. It's got this horse seven to five He's won his last three starts. I mean, he looks tough in this spot. I would think. I mean, for me, like if I was able to like customize a horse, like this would be exactly what I want. It's as I was trying to hint at earlier. I love the longer races. I love closers. And this horse is exactly that. It doesn't show quite a lot of early speed, but because of its kick, I'm not too concerned. I think Chad Brown's the best in the game. So I love that. And I kind of agree with what Patrick was saying. I do think the five will be the early speed and get and initially get away. That's why I have him second. But ultimately what I do think happens is kind of what you were talking about, Howard. The way I see this race playing out is the five has that good speed, but just can't quite go long enough. And the three has that kick that the five doesn't. So that's why I had the three over the five is I just see the five getting out on the lead, the best speed, but then the three is able to wind him down at the end and catch him and ultimately finish above the five. So uh, Charlie, what do you think about the question that Joey, do you think you'll get even money? Or do you think Southern district might be below even money? I mean, honestly, I think it kind of comes down to how many people kind of see and view what Patrick is saying. I think if everybody is simply all over the fact that this horse has been able to hunt down everybody, it is a Chad Brown horse, which I automatically think will get it a ton of money because even if you're a casual, you know who Chad Brown is. So I think he will be probably somewhere near around even money, maybe even flirting around a four to five area. However, I think if you do have enough people, because we've been kind of talking about earlier how the horses that have been able to get out on the lead and get out of the whole mess and drama with the speed have been able to win in New York this summer. So I think the people that do know that could keep it away from being even money or lower, but I would not be surprised one bit if this horse ends up being anywhere from like four to five to seven to five, six to five, even even money for sure. Kyle, Richard, Hans, Richard, thanks for joining the show. This is why I'm worried about Mr. Phil. I mean, isn't Isolate going, Kyle? I know you got the three yeah. on top, so you hope Isolate is, is going to go. This is Amos and Gaff Leone from the rail. I mean, they, they, they have to go, don't they, Kyle? Yeah, that's that was my exact thing. It was Miss Phil coming in from the outside. He's going to break ahead of everyone else to the inside of him. One's going to come up the rail, and I believe they're just going to run with each other. Um, just being and I'm, to Joey's point, and I I would be even surprised if it goes off. Even I think it goes off four to five here. I think it I goes. I had four to five at Southern District and five to two at Awesome Jerry. That's what I had. Yeah. So, but that's that was kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. I didn't think Awesome Jerry was going to take any more money than five to two. Just being Sappy Joseph and having his uh, his reputation at the spa, yeah. but um just by the way isolate winning at hawthorne last time kyle (laughs) in the work all week stakes nice uh breeders cup winner for roger brugerman correct kyle correct yes that's what i was gonna say was uh we have a the one's a chicago legend as we say absolutely kyle you've got awesome jerry in second you you know Mm -hmm. you know i'm a fan favorite of this horse so maybe i'm just being silly and you know as a fanboy because he won for me at 20 to 21 to 1 at keeneland for a lot of people on the podcast but it's not like, I mean, I guess he's a little bit slower. Um, I like Awesome Jerry in this spot. I think he has a big shot at a medium price. What's your thought of Awesome Jerry here? My uh, my thought was, um, he does, I mean, obviously he did, his numbers are a little slower on paper, but I, my thing was he gets first jump. 
He's going to be ahead of he's going to be ahead of Southern District. He's going to be about in that third position, just sitting right behind the speed. He gets first jump, and you know if he gets first jump, and Southern District just can't get there on a, on a you know a little bit of a slower pace. I think awesome, yeah, awesome Jerry's the one to reap those spoils for sure. Well, awesome Jerry's more tactical, so Correct. in my mind, if somehow Mister Fillout breaks isolate, like mm-hmm. awesome Jerry, like you said, can only be a few links off. My concern, Southern District is seven is is a bit short. I mean. Is he the mm-hmm. best horse in this race? Yes. But, I mean, when you look at his here's, – here's my little negative with Southern District. Maybe I'm nitpicking, Kyle. When he won February 5th, it was a muddy track. Now, he freaked – maybe he just loved the mud. I mean, I, I'm not – I'm not saying he's not a nice horse because I bet him that day. But I think the mud somehow helped him. Mm-hmm. Then on April 30th, he won, but it was the 96. Now, the 96 buyer doesn't really put him that much better than anyone else in this race. And then he, the Churchill race, I mean, look at the fraction of the Churchill guys, 22 and two, 44 and three, I mean, 108 and three. I mean, it's set up perfectly for this horse. I don't see some like crazy, crazy fast pace here unless mm-hmm. isolate and Mr. Phil just completely throw it down. But in a small field, guys, I have a, I have a hard time believing they're just going to go nuts from the start. I think Southern Dish is going to have a lot of ground to make up yeah. Kyle in the stretch. And I do think Awesome Jerry's going to sit that perfect trip, get first run. Safi has been just fine in New York lately. It's he's not. Mm-hmm. I know uh, Charlie. You know Safi very well because Safi Joseph, Joseph has been awesome um, in Gulfstream, but he's branched out, Charlie, and he's done pretty well at some other tracks too. Yeah, and the, uh, the one thing I will say, kind of what you guys have been talking about, this is again going back to kind of why I am all over Southern District. Is while this is a shorter race, I do think you have a lot of talented horses here, especially though the one in five when it comes to a lot of early speed and horses that want to battle for the lead. And that kind of is going back to why I just think five, uh, why I had the five and one below the threes. I kind of just see this race where you're going to have the really early speed. And then maybe some of the horses like the two that might end up having to sit just off the pace, but have to work a little harder to not fall too behind those early leaders. And I think this will be one of those races where sure it's small, but I've seen plenty of races, especially at Arlington where, I mean, as sad as it is to say, when things were starting to go down, they would have smaller fields more often but still, there would be plenty of races where I would find the one closer in a race where even if it was a six, seven horse race, if pretty much everyone but one horse wants to be towards the front, it still is a good enough opportunity for a closer to hunt them down. Uh, Joey mentioned that Austin Jury won on the lead, too. I'd be shocked, Joey, if Austin mm-hmm. Jury has the lead in this race, but he thinks that Austin Jury has a shot. I agree with you. Charles mentioned they'll be an off to good tomorrow. I thought the weather was supposed to be okay. The Patrick, nice what's the weather like out by you? I think it's going to be okay tomorrow, isn't it? Uh, I think Charles is going off for the last uh, today and yesterday. It's poured up there. Uh, It's been bad weather, so I'm not sure. I mean, the track does receive uh, water fine, but uh, I could see that. Okay. Well, and by the way, the track also has been, the time has been very slow this meet in general, but the rain has changed things a little bit. And I know there's actually an article, Kyle, I don't know if you saw this, Todd Pletcher is, and he's not the only one, apparently complained a little bit that the inside the rails has been really dead and mm-hmm. horses are getting really tired in workouts and it's unfair a bit. Which is something races. we've talked about. Yeah, uh, I mean, the rail, I mean, been... remember Saturday, these horses, even when it dried out, I mean, life is good. It was on the lead. It was still like in the, what are you swinging like to the floor path mm-hmm. and the stretch? So, yep. and then for some reason, made a strange left-hand turn, but we won't talk about that deep in stretch. <laughs> but <laughs> I read, I read being I read. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, it, it's a great race, guys. Let's go on was... to the... Can I say one more thing about Southern District, if you don't mind? I think the last three races, um, I've really loved this horse since uh, just looking at the numbers. I think that turn back to one turn, I think, really helped Southern District. And I don't 
That's why the short little bit of a shorter race to seven furlongs. Obviously, Saratoga can only go one turn on the seven furlongs. So, but I think going back to the turn, one turn at Aqueduct, Belmont can go to a mile and the sixteenth on the one turn, and then Churchill's one turn mile. I think turning this horse back to one turn really benefited it. So I didn't really have a problem with the seven furlongs. That was the way I looked at it. Okay. Um, I'll say I'll say one thing about my I, the our wonderful guest tonight. I hope you guys are right, Patrick and Charlie, because I was shocked shocked stunned when i saw your pin through email because i thought this was a complete wide open cluster race and despite that i still had some sort of sneaky strong opinions and the fact that you guys have the same three as i do i don't know what that says about me i don't know if that's gonna be good or bad tomorrow but i like the fact that at least someone else other than me is thinking the same thing so we'll get to you guys in a second let's go with kyle first kyle uh this is a very difficult race i thought mm-hmm. It's a big field. It's New York Reds. They're going a mile uh, on turf. Uh, it's an N2X. You see the field here as I'll scroll through. There's 11 horses in this race. The more line favorite is 7-2, to two, the number 8. Frontline, dan- frontline dancer, excuse me, for Pletcher and Irad. You're going all the way to the outside with Brad Cox and number 11, Tim Buck 2, who is 4-1 to one more in line. What do you like about him, Kyle? Um, you know, for our good, for our friend uh, of the show, Walker Bueller, uh, or oh, I was going to say Walker Bueller. Yeah, Walker wow. Bueller, right. Yikes. Bueller. Uh, our good friend Walker from Calumet Farm. Um, oh, and, Walker Hancock, sure. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Walker Bueller. That's funny. <laughs> anyway. I own by um, Calumet. There you go. Yep. yep. Okay. And st- uh, steadily increasing buyers is something I really like to see in these young horses. And uh, being yeah. out of Chad Brown, actually only sold for $25,000 at the Keeneland yeah. sale which is extremely interesting, but he's turned out to be a really nice horse for Cox and Calumet. Um, did, uh, you know, a very short buyer winning the first time out at Saratoga, but that that um, that win at Saratoga is always nice to see, especially going to Belmont, as we all know. Those are two different tracks. A little more, that's usually a little more centered on the dirt, but still nice to see those win, that win at Saratoga. And then just increasing buyers. He's working really well for Brad Cox out there at Belmont. So he comes over here again. From a little bit of a shorter race for a mile, but just sitting, I think if he can get over into that middle position, kind of hold maybe two, maybe maybe three wide on the turn in the middle, I think he might get be able to get the first jump over like what you guys have is the five. I think he gets first jump, and I think he can just take it with that extra little bit of speed. I agree with Joey. I am I now I have a source second, Kyle, and I love everything you said mm-hmm. and agree with. I'm a little concerned about the eleven hole. It's it's. You know, that is a tough post going a mile. Um, Franco's going to have to really pull his magic. But he does have tactical speed. I mean, so hopefully he can get over. But this horse cannot be wide in the first turn. Kyle win this race. There's just no way that's going to happen. Yeah, fully agree with that statement. Like I said, the 11 posts with that short run in the first turn is definitely rough. But um, like I said, hopefully that tactical speed, like I said, can get him a little bit, maybe two, maybe three wide in that first turn. So he can get in nice and settled up there. Um, Charlie, let's go to you next. Cause you've got a horse that I think is fascinating and, uh, in second, sorry, you have a horse that you like in second. I have on top. Let's see. Kyle's gotten third. Patrick's gotten second war terminator. Charlie, this is a horse that has not raced since last December and has never gone beyond seven furlongs, but you don't mind any of that. You're going with this horse who's trained by Jonathan Thomas. Who's a very good trainer. And Louis Saez takes them out. You've got yeah. For second. 
And for me, a lot of the stuff that I would normally look at would kind of raise as red flags for me. But the things that really caught my attention is one, I love that Luis size is on him. And especially with him being off this long of a layoff, Luis typically gets some of the best rides at any track he's at. So clearly he must see something in the horse too. I like looking at the workouts and seeing three straight 48 shows me that even if this horse hasn't run for a while, getting into shape hasn't been an issue. Um, I also like that in its um, most recent race, even with it getting, because I always like looking at the race comments, even with it getting bumped between, it was still able to get back to that stalking position that it wanted to be in. It looked like it just didn't quite have enough to be able to get past those leaders. But I really think, again, in a longer race, I don't like to take speed. I like looking for stalkers and closers. And I think some of the main horses that a lot of us like are more of that stalking to closer area. So I wanted to find a horse that won't be on the lead, but does have enough tactical speed that it could be maybe just behind those leaders and then make its move. Move. I also love the positioning on the, at the three rail. I think I would not be surprised if it beat the 11 because, again, it has a much better positioning. Um, and then one other thing I wanted to say, because I know we're probably going to cover the five because we all have it. I just, especially with me and Kyle being in here, I really want to talk about the six at one point just because it's a decent horse that did race at Arlington. So I want the one Arlington horse I've seen in this program to get some love because I think it's a <laughs> decent horse. Go ahead. Talk about battle scars. Go ahead. You got it, Charlie. Hit it. Well, again, again, if you look at its two races at Arlington, it's two races where it's all the way at the back of the field and was able to get its way up. It's got a good post position. It's a closer, which, again, I love. I think it's been in some decent races, which is pretty impressive considering as much as I love Arlington, it doesn't necessarily these last years have the most expensive races. But this is a horse out of Arlington that did race at some of their more expensive races. He was in a big race at Hawthorne as well. So I don't see this horse necessarily winning, but I will say don't sleep on the Arlington horse. I think this horse could cause some trouble. I will say, for, for disclosure, as right as of right now, even though you don't see the six on my screen, uh, Charlie, this is my other A. This is my fourth choice in this race, and I'm using him equally with all the other horses we mentioned. I agree with you. By the way, Kyle, I, I I'm sorry, I don't know the jockey's first name, Lopez, who we won the first. That that was an apprentice rider who didn't win a lot of races, although I could be wrong. And if you look at the second to bottom race, this horse closed into. If those fractions are right. Maybe, maybe, maybe they got the same time or they had in Gulfstream, but 20, almost 28 and 51 and the horse still closed. I mean, this horse has ability. My concern here is the layoff though. Yeah, I agree but with that. And this horse been, Kyle? Yep. And um, Albert Lopez is his first name. Yeah. He was an apprentice down there okay. uh, at Arlington and Hawthorne. He went there for the winter meet. Yeah. He didn't okay. win a bunch of races down there, but yeah. um, obviously two for him. It was um, like I said, a guy that hasn't won a lot of races in his career getting two for him at Arlington is actually a really nice thing to see. And uh, the only thing I was against uh, with the six is his, like I said, his buyer after that Arlington race kind of stagnated. He raced in the Hawthorne Derby upgraded a little bit. Paired it basically paired it again with a 73 at yeah. um, Aqueduct. And again, the layoff, I think, is going to be if Rob can get him, uh, if Rob Atras can get him ready off the layoff, which his works seem okay, except for the last, uh, those last work and then a few back at Belmont. But I mean, if this horse is well, ready, I mean, he could definitely strike. Yeah. No, I, I'm not worried about that. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, by the way, I, I don't know how you guys feel at home watching. But Patrick and Charlie are bringing it tonight, Kyle. I mean, they got all the stats. They got their – Charlie, you must be like straight-A student. I'm sure you make your mom proud. I don't know what's going to your parents proud. Um, you too, Patrick. At all. No, no, not throwing shade to you, Patrick, at all. But, well, I'll tell you what. Comment in the live chat, guys, because our, our young handicappers are bringing it just like I knew they would. Charlie, got a few other things on Ward Sermon. Are you ready that you guys might be interested in? So, uh, Jonathan Thomas. This is on Ward Terminator, the three. This is my top choice, by the way. Jonathan Thomas, last five years, 
180-day-plus layoff on the turf, 25% on the win end, 41% in the money. And Kyle, he's only used Luis Saez twice, twice in this in this situation with a layoff horse going long on the turf. He's used Saez twice only, a win in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the stats say, and you know what? I like a fresh face in this race. Again, a lot of these horses have sort of been beating up on each other a little bit. Um, Timbuktu has not. That's why I like him, Kyle. And also, Charlie, the damn Sadie's song didn't do much, but there's a sibling. You can see um, JC's not brown as a sibling, then went long on the turf. And I, you know, I think this horse, the other one's not so much, but my, my gut feeling, well, my gut feeling here is this horse can go long as I just screw that up. Uh, I'll fix it. What, whatever's going on here? You just got to click on it. I did. Just click anywhere in the... I'm clicking. Okay. Anyway, I think this horse is interesting. By the way, a gelding as well. So um, uh, that's interesting. Uh, Do you want to mention the five real quick? Let's move on to the last race. Patrick, Frank's Art. This is a horse that I actually used because he was a Clement, and I have a little bit of a tip on him first time. Came from way back and won. You think he can just win again? Yeah, I do. Uh, And I was going to ask you about that. You you heard a little tip from from, uh, Clement. Yeah. but uh, yeah, I like this uh, horse's first uh, race out, uh, closing into a. It was a. It was a pretty decent pace. Yeah, as we're watching the replay. The four way back. He's not even in the picture. He's he's about to angle. He's way back here, right here. Yeah. Go ahead. With Joel aboard and Joel, I mean Joel on the turf. Joel in general. I wish this was a graded stakes actually, because uh, <laughs> no, I think we uh, we might win here. But look at uh, this horse come over the top over the whole field. Jeez. Yeah. Um, and Clement's numbers uh, from sprint to route are 23%, uh, which is which is very good. ROI of uh, $2.02. Um, I think this horse has a great shot. Um, but I the three, I, I think the three could go wire to wire. Yeah, I think the three is going to show speed. I know Charlie said a closer. And I, have, I honestly have no idea. But with Blinks on, I sort of agree with you. I think he's going to be aggressive, Patrick, and, just, and then read and see who else goes with him. I, I think the three is going to be aggressive. Charlie, you think he's going to close, though? Is that your Oh, no. So so I was saying that what I thought about him was the fact that he was able to get right back to where he prefers as a stalker in his most recent race, even though he got bumped. Yeah, I was saying that I thought, like, the 11 and 3 would want to be right behind the leaders, but that it might be easier for the 3 to do that because moving to the rail and being right there is a lot easier at that position. I will say the one thing, Patrick, I'm a little bit negative is I don't think that was a real strong race that Frank Sart is coming out of now. Hey, Mac, it's Jack just ran recently. And he ran okay. Now, he got a 76 buyer, but that was going five and a half. He's more of a sprinter. This dream point is like an 0 for 7. Yeah, 0 for 18. That's the horse that came in third in that race. Feathers Road is meh. I, I don't know. I, it's very impressive to win first time out, Patrick. And you, you'd you have to think Frank Sart's going to improve. But And he's also bred, by the way, point of entry. Kyle was a really nice, of course, turf horse. Um, so this horse has every right to go long, but it's not easy to win next time out, Patrick, after winning a, a main race though, right? Yeah. Especially at Saratoga. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, guys. So it's a tough race. It's going to be interesting. We didn't even mention, by the way, frontline dancer who, uh, uh, Kyle has in second. Kyle, did I give you a chance to talk in this race? I don't think I did. You, what do you, you did. Like about this Sorry. Uh, no, you're right. I, you gave me a chance to talk about the top pick, okay. which is the 11, but, um, this is a just, dead close that just needs a lot of things to go. Yeah. Right. Just and that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm thinking. I don't think this horse. I mean, maybe yeah. this horse goes off at seven to two. I think he might even be shorter than that, just with Irad and Pletcher. 
just all that money going straight to there just just based on connection but yeah he does he needs a lot of stuff like i like the little bit of inside post and i feel like he might be able to swing out tip out at the stretch but yeah working well increase steadily increasing buyers for pletcher usually is a good sign granted again closed into a pace that was really hot in his last race but if he yeah. gets the right trip, I think he could still get up there for sure. He can absolutely win. He's a B for me. I'm just not a big fan. He's going to need a lot of things to go his way. Yep. He's forget the seven to two. He's going to be like five to two. Just, I don't know. This is the kind of horse that always takes a lot of money and just might not get there. So we'll just have to see guys. Let's go on to the, uh, Daryl, by the way, appreciate the, uh, uh, comment there. Just looking at the comments here. All right, let's go on. Oh, we got a new person here. Uh, Sean, uh, Jolie, I believe Sean. I'm sorry if I, mispronounce your last name notice that the ownership group on the six was a reclaimed private uh purchase back with atras so that's the arlington horse that he mentioned um is was uh originally for block and weaver so mm-hmm. and actually uh chris box still owns a piece of the horse kyle which is interesting yep and they could have run him a colonial you know where, where block is is has a stable so i think it's interesting that uh well with the new acquisition obviously they're going to run him in new york but um you know, this horse has some nice connections. Um, all right, let's go on to the last race, guys. I'm going to have to switch a few things around. Again, if you're watching the show, thanks for watching tonight. Patrick and Charlie, our great uh, college-age handicappers, have absolutely brought it with some great piece of information for you. We really appreciate them being on the show. And that guy, Kyle's not so bad himself. Let's go on to the last race, guys. Race 10, uh, another difficult race. I have a very, very, very strong opinion. A very strong opinion, but I'm going to go last in deference to my guests here. Let me go ahead and bring this up here. Oh, sorry, I want to do this. The last race of the pick five tomorrow, and we're assuming everything's going to be on turf, is a main special weight. How about a $105,000 purse? A mile and three sixteenths. Now, that is still two turns. They're going to start this race at the very top of the stretch. Uh, again, it's for maidens, three-year-old and up. You see the field. There, it's another pretty big field of nine. The very soft morning line favorite is the eight most wanted man for Chad Brown and Irad. Chad's got two. He's also got the seven in here. Kyle, let's go with you first. You're going with the favorite most wanted yeah. man, one of the uh, Chad Browns. Yeah, it's um, just the steady, like I said, it's a, the nice increase last time, shortening up a little bit on Belmont. Actually got a really high pace there and lost to a good horse in Fort Ticonderoga who should, yeah. didn't really show up with his next race as Howard and I so graciously know, but um, still a very nice horse in him. And uh, like I said, I feel like this is just going to be the one to reap the spoils. I know Howard's going to have some good stats on the seven, I'm assuming, based on his reaction. But um, actually, again, lost to Capensis, which again is another very good horse. I don't want to steal your thunder or anything. but Oh, go ahead. Steal it. <laughs> but both these horses, like I said, the eight starting is maiden off at Tampa. That doesn't bother me one bit. Just being that Chad Brown really likes to keep his horses at Tampa in the winter, other than the Gulfstream, as we all know, the the Gulfstream turf, uh, how the Gulfstream turf is out of Frankel. So I don't see the distance or whatever being any sort of an indication that this horse can't run. Working well at Monmouth and having Chad Brown with IRAD is definitely not something to sneeze at either. And Charlie, you're also going with the eight. Charlie, how do you, when you see Chad Brown or really any trainer that has more than one in the race, I mean, Wesley Ward once in a while will run more than one, like in sprint races. How do you determine which one is better? Do you like Irad more than Franco? Do you strictly look at the horse? So what what, what factors um, help you determine which Chad Brown to go with? 
I mean, to be honest, usually when I look at races like this, I actually think this arguably between this and race nine are like, were the two toughest races for me to decide on. And one thing I've kind of learned over my years of uh, betting on horses is when you end up getting in some of these races that initially look tough, if you find a signature trainer, especially like with Chad Brown having two horses, those two usually end up finding a way to be the top two or at least two of the top three. And I liked what I saw from the two of them. What I really liked is they both seven and eight had decent finishes, despite the comments suggesting that both of them have had like struggles that went on during their races. They didn't get the exact ideal trips you wanted with the seven saying that it hesitated in traffic and got bumped at the start. And with the eight saying that it got uh, tight and reserved in its first race. So both of them have really had their struggles. They haven't, I think, reached their full um, potential because they both have had issues in their races. So the I really thought all the way on the outside side, the, the eight is the six right here. Most wanted man is just, I want to show is right here. The winner's going to be for Ponderogo. Go ahead. Here's the eight right here, guys, tomorrow. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of think the seven and eight haven't gotten to live up to their full potential yet. And I really do think it's most likely a two horse race. I was flipping back and forth between the two of them literally right before I emailed you. And finally I was like, look, I just got to make a decision. So I stuck with eight cause that was my original choice. But I will also say outside of Chad Brown, I think tis a giant. And I saw that Patrick also has him in his top three. I was yeah. stunned to see that he's at 10 to one. I think that's extremely disrespectful. I think this is a very talented horse. Um, and I really think that this, could be the race where like there's a decent upset and i think the two would be that horse uh andrew champagne um charlie who was a guest on our show last week who writes for the saratoga special and is one of the best handicappers at saratoga i saw his picks he actually thinks this horse is very interesting also tis a giant um i'll talk about him in a minute but he's definitely a price what i don't like about most wanted man kyle i'm gonna let you comment because i know you you're a visual guy like me he didn't really like kick on like i don't I don't get the feeling distance is going to help most wanted man. Now the breeding on most, most wanted man. I mean, he's bred well, obviously. I mean, Frankel was ridiculous, but Frankel was really more like, you know, eight furlong, nine furlong. He really wasn't like true distance. And, and the dam, as we're going to see in a second here, let me show the dam, um, the, the siblings of the dam. Actually, that's not what I wanted to show. There's a family tree. So kind who's on, well, I knew there was something I wanted to show. Was it here? So this is more of a sprinter on, on the female side. The female side is very, like, sprinty. I just mm – -hmm. I visually, Kyle, I don't get the feeling that distance is going to be this horse's friend. I might be completely wrong, but I, I don't know. That, that was my feeling. I mean, definitely from the replay, I don't I don't disagree with that at all. I just think um, – I just think she gets the right setup in this – or he gets the right setup in this yeah. race. Yeah, I yeah. – Cardinal Sin, I know. Uh, yeah, I but know. okay. I think that – I don't see distance really being an issue, but I could see from the replay that that argument could be definitely made for sure. And again, Charlie, let, let's talk about the seven, Patrick, because Patrick knows what he's talking about because he's got my pick on top. So nice job, Patrick. You can you can come back on the show. The other guys are <laughs> fired. Uh, just kidding. I have a very strong opinion on this horse. I don't want to steal your thunder. Patrick, why this Chad over the other Chad? Well, I think this is the typical Chad Brown horse that is – Got Manny Franco aboard, so people are going to gravitate towards Irad. But this is the type of horse where, you know, the sires are not – they haven't been very good. Uh, they they were low-level claimers. And this horse just seems to improve off every start, which Chad Brown is best with. I mean, you know, he makes horses that don't look very good look very good. And I think this is a horse that is going to be very good. What, what now the breeding on the seven – See, I like the breeding a lot more going a distance. This is a longer distance, mile and three sixteenths. English Channel guys obviously wants long. Our joy, 
also you can see now he was a sprinter but he has some siblings that could get um the distance but i actually on the top side on the on the male side i very much like uh english channel Let, let's watch the replay and kyle and charlie i don't know if you guys watch this replay first of all he lost the compensus now if you don't know who compensus is compensus is a really a two million dollar horse he cost two million who completely freaked winning his buyer. This is the horse that English B lost to guys last time. Okay. Compensus was unbelievable in his first start. When he ran on July 30th, it was a very tough, it was like a stakes field and he was very wide. He got a rough trip, still ran in 85. Patrick, my very strong opinion. And by the way, coming out of that race, Sousa Summer was the next out winner. The horse that finished third, the horse that was sixth, uh, M. Boite came back and won. So, this was a very live race, Patrick. I'm assuming you look out once in a while when you have a chance to do that. I'm going to watch the replay for everyone here. Watch the way running B finishes as compared to um, uh, ten, the, the other horse that we talked about. So I'm going to go ahead and fast forward here. So the seven you're going to see is right here. You see him right here on the inside. You're like, you know what? He's not doing much, right? Once he gets him out in the clear off the inside, this is Compensus running away. Look at the way this horse closes. I really like the way this horse is finishing. To me, visually, guys, he's finishing a lot better than the horse we just watched. I know what you're saying, Howard. He lost by five. But this horse right here, where you see his ass, is, is to me, much better than Fort, Fort Ticonderoga, in my opinion. And I like the fact, Patrick, that uh, running B, it's his second start off a long layoff, too. And 10 mo most wanted man. You know, was off a layup, but not nearly as long. I guess what I'm saying, Patrick, I think there's a much bigger upside to running B than yep. the eight. Any I, thoughts on anything I just said? You know, I I agree with all of that. Um, the one thing I do want to hit on with another horse, and I think I saw it in the comments. Uh, a Roth said it with the number three remote and Tis yeah. Giant. They both come out of the same race. I think yeah. we, we hit on that. Uh, remote got completely boggled up at the beginning. And in the stretch, it was, yep. he ran a very, that was a very tough race. So he could improve. Yeah. Let me just say something about remote guys. Now, very full disclosure. I've got, I don't want to give away too much, but I do have some Intel with the Clement barn. I have not talked to the Clement barn at all about remote. I just want to make that very clear. I have not talked to them. I do know this horse is very long winded. He's very one paced. I know that they wish he had a little more turn of foot. I just, uh, I, I don't see with this horse. I just, I, he's just, he really hasn't gotten much better. Um, that's sort of why I don't like Tis a Giant either, guys. I could be wrong. I just, I'm not sure it's a very strong race that, that they're coming out of. And Remote, he's sort of that sexy horse, Kyle. Like he's Warfront, he's Clement, he's Rosario. But what has he done on paper to really show that he should win this race? I mean, he's had a few starts and he's several points slower than a bunch of others that have had less starts. Mm-hmm. No, I completely get it. I, I mean, threw the I three. Know. I like the only reason I like the three is I thought he was at the, the distance perfectly fits for him. I know he's been going even longer on yeah. these last okay. two races, but that was why I threw him in third was I think that the distance helps. Okay. But other than that, I fully I can fully agree with that for sure. Last thing before we get to our pick five and end the show, Evan Harlan, Kyle, you think could wire the field. He, he's got the, the four has got the fastest early pace fig with sides and blinkers on. Could this be the case where Howard's an idiot and someone wires a field that I don't have on top again? Yeah, I know that's a that's a it hits home for all for you, I'm sure. But uh, this is a horse that I loved at if again, I, I loved it, I loved it at four to five because Kyle picking the chalk again, 
it's it's a it's a common occurrence here. But he couldn't win um, a colonial at four to five, and now he's yeah. gonna win, so it's all gonna tougher field, yeah, right? But that the reason yeah. I did pick him at second is because of that the pace figuring is that there's really nobody here that wants to go to the lead. And I think the blinkers on is definitely a big help to this horse in going to the lead. And I feel like um with no one really getting to him at early. I feel like he could last. I just feel like one of the closers is going to catch him at the end, but I think he can hold on for the money for sure. All right, guys, let's get into our pick five. Now, there's been some talk amongst uh, myself, Pete and Paul, and some other people in terms of giving our pick five picks. Here's what we're going to do tonight, and then Thursday might change. I asked these guys for a pick five ticket around 50 bucks. We're going to lower it um, for two reasons, really. One is because if you're playing caveman ticket, you usually got to play a bigger ticket. And it's not easy to hit. Number two, my assumption is some people watching tonight might have a little bit of a lower budget or might not want to spend as much money. So I asked these guys for a ticket around $50. And again, these are just straight caveman tickets. Um, Charlie and Patrick, real quick, are either one of you familiar with the ABC method of betting where you sort of weigh your opinions? Or when you bet horizontally, you just do like straight tickets. Patrick, real quick, do you use ABC? Are you familiar with it? I'm familiar with it. I do not use it. Um, Okay. Yeah. Charlie, do you know what the ABC method is or just do straight tickets? Or you, actually, you're new to horizontal, so you probably just do a straight ticket, if, if anything at all. Yeah, well, right so um, I know the method because I remember, again, when we met up in Arlington, that's when you kind yeah. of showed it to me. And then that's why yeah. when I would watch your show, I'd know what you're talking about. But okay. I personally don't really use it. I think it, like kind of what you're saying, it's a little more advanced for me yeah. since I'm so new to horizontal. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not going to get into it. By the way, for Charlie, Patrick, and else, I do a video on my YouTube channel um, that's about a half an hour video I put out last year that gets into how to bet the ABC, what it means. I really recommend all the viewers out there go on my YouTube channel. You got to look below the video player. I have a section that's called betting strategies. And in that section, guys, I do have a video that I put together last year on the ABC uh, ticket maker method. I think you guys should take a look at it. You might you might find it very interesting. All right, we're going to very quickly go through our pick fives here. I'm going to read them first, guys, for people that are listening at home, and then we'll end the show. Kyle's pick five ticket, 178 with 269, with three, with 3811, with 3489. Kyle, you're singling Southern District. That's where you're leaning on. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's again, it's the moto obvious single, and that's the one thing that I try not to do um through these pick fives but it does lower the ticket i know pat i know patrick said it earlier it does lower the ticket and you know with me that i love to lower tickets and i love to hit it multiple times if possible but this one this one is a really rough sequence so i went with the moto obvious in southern district hoping for him to come from the back and um i did really just went with my top uh my top three all the way through i'm very i was pretty confident with my handicapping all the way through in top threes. And then the last race, um, I threw the nine in there. I know we didn't really talk about him too much going first on the turf, but I know his damn side does have some turf breeding as well. So I thought he was also interesting in that spot as well. By the way, on the, in the comments, we finished the throw, uh, finish the show, give some shout outs to Charlie and Patrick for a great job. They did. If you guys want any comments or suggestions for Charlie and Patrick going forward, we'd love to hear them in the comments. I know we have a lot of great, experienced handicappers that watch the show tonight. So feel free to give any shout outs to our young handicappers, Charlie and Patrick. I thought they did an awesome job. And if you have any suggestions for them, please put that in the comments and I'll put it up here in the last few minutes. Patrick, we're going to go with you next. Patrick's pick five ticket. He's going cheap. Listen, these guys, they, 
Patrick's like, we don't need 50 bucks. I want to spend the other 26 bucks on some beer. I'll spend 24 on this pick five. Patrick's going one, seven, eight, 11 with two, four, with three, five, with three, five, 11, with seven on the end. Very interesting. You are singling the other Chad, Patrick. Yeah, I am. And I, I never single in the last race. I've always been a believer of going deep in the last, just get to the last and then, you know, deal with it with a lot. Um, I'm going to sing uh, honeybee, right? That's yeah. I'm going to sing a honeybee running, running bee. Yeah. Running bee in the last honeybee. Yeah. Running bee in the last, um, uh, early I'm going to, I'm going to spread in the first leg with the two-year-olds, uh, you know, cause I, you know, you, you, ne- yep. you never know. Yeah. Uh, and then I, honestly, I do think it's pr- pretty formidable, um, along the way. I mean, the ninth and the 10th the could get interesting. Um, absolutely. Uh, Jim, you guys are going to see, I'm not going to read them all, but, uh, we'll see some, uh, questions, <laughs> uh, or some, uh, comments on the, on the bottom of the uh, screen there from Jim Pilar's Charles. Great job. Um, uh, you, you got a fan, uh, Patrick and Charles V likes, likes the skinny $24 ticket, smart play Daryl. Great to see young players, the future of the game. Absolutely. Daryl. These are the guys that they're going to continue the game going when, when I'm six deep in the, in the grave, which hopefully won't be uh, too soon, but you know, you never know. I I got a birthday coming up too, Kyle, but it's uh, plus plus twenty eight from your age, so everyone can uh, figure that out. Oh, I thought uh, you were turning twenty eight. What the heck? I I got socks that are about as old as you, young man. Um, <laughs> no, hell no. Um, all right, let's go to uh, uh, Patrick. I, I we'll see who I've got on the end of the last race, Patrick. But uh, you are signaling running B, which is gutsy, Charlie. You've got one seven eight with one two five with three with three five six eleven with two seven eight. You are also singling Southern District, and you're you liked as a giant in the last race as a to maybe blow up the pick five. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of going back to kind of what Kyle was doing. I kind of did the same method of him of kind of doing mainly threes, and then I wanted to single the three because I really do believe in him. And then we kind of hinted at this earlier, even though we all had basically the same picks, we all kind of talked about how race nine could get messy. So that's why I did have uh, four horses in that one. Um, And yeah, I think it really should theoretically come down to the seven and eight. But one thing I was going to kind of talk about for the last race, what you were talking about, how the seven eventually found its kick and the eight didn't really. And once I saw those replays, it kind of made me a little more excited for the two because just no matter what distance it's been, the two has consistently found a way to get good trips and sit just off the pace. So I think if those guys that are going to be farther back aren't able to close up in time, maybe the two who's proven he can get that kick will and gives me a chance at a big price. So I thought, why not? No, I absolutely nothing wrong with throwing. And you know what, Charlie, when you get a long shot in the last race, the pick five even explodes more when you get the long shot because people actually patch a lot of people tend to go thin in the last race because they just want to get to the, which is bad. It's stinking thinking people should not do that. Well, let me just go deep early, like just because so I'm yep. alive, bad thinking. Uh, but if you do get a bomb or a price in the last race, it will even pick grow that pick five payoff even more. Daryl, good luck to you, by the way. Appreciate you as an educator. Daryl, have fun uh, in school. I start tomorrow. Also, my students are coming. I teach high school. My students are coming next week, but I start with meetings tomorrow. Um, all right, guys. And by the way, some people said it might rain tomorrow at Saratoga. Hopefully not. Uh, we'll see. Obviously, if if things are off turf, that changes everything. All right. Here comes, hopefully, the uh, the winning pick five. And if I hit it, some of the other people here on the screen are also going to hit. They don't know my pick five ticket. It's 45 bucks. I think Patrick might like this idea. Here it comes. I've got 
<laughs> yep, that's right, Uh-oh. Patrick. I've got I've got seven eight with one two three six nine, with two three five, with three five eleven with Patrick. Bam, drop with the seven single. Now here's the thing. Uh, today I'll tell you why I like the seven on the end. First of all, I don't think Patrick. A lot of people are going to single the seven on the end. I think people are going to see it as a spread race, which it might. And I like to be contrarian. I think a lot of people are going to single Southern District in the third leg, which is certainly. I got no problem with it. I just, his two best races, I think are a little bit overrated. I'm not so sure he has to win that race. So, and I think a lot of people are in a single Southern district. So I'm going to go three deep there. I love, 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 love running B. I think some of these other horses that were mentioned as long shots could win. I love who running B. I think Capensis is a monster. I think running B is going to like the distance. Franco is very good with Chad Brown horses. And the horse is going to be what Patrick seven to two, and I single a seven to two on the end is going to give you a lot of other horses earlier. Um, so that's my opinion. Uh, I, I'm going a little spready early. I'm just going to gun it with uh, running B today. Colonial, I was alive to a very big pick five. Unfortunately, I got snapped off in the end by a sixty to one shot. Don't even want to talk about it. But my, the reason why I bring up my Colonial pick five today, everyone, is because I singled a horse that that ended up going off at four to one. And they gave me a lot of other horses and other lights. If you can find a medium price single and a caveman ticket pick five, ooh, you are way above everyone else. So it is a paramutual game, right, Kyle? I mean, you're not betting. You're betting against everyone else. If you can mm-hmm. find that horse that stands out that's not obvious, Kyle, doesn't that get you ahead of everyone else in theory? Oh, 100%, because it not only allows a, a nice price to get inputted into your pick five, it allows you to spread in the other legs where people might be singled to a big, uh, to a very small price. Yes. So if you, and especially if you can beat that very small price as well, then it, and that, then it will inevitably really blow up the pick five. Um, Jim, this is for Kyle. Last comment, guys, for Kyle, or sorry, for uh, Patrick and Charlie. That you guys try the ABC map with pick threes because it's not as complicated, and you can do them with pick threes. You do in the pick threes, fours, and fives. Anyway, Jim, I think that's a great suggestion to start with the you know bets. They're not uh, not as many uh, races there. Um, guys, let me go ahead and bring up the banners. We wrap up the show here. We're going a little beyond our allotted time, but that is just okay. Again, on the bottom of the screen, you're going to see my email. You'll see our show on Thursday. Uh, we're just going to do a quick wraparound. Kyle, uh, really appreciate you coming on. Kyle, again, any quick thoughts for the younger handicapper? Just any, maybe one thing to throw out in general, suggestion. No, I like I said, I appreciate it. I appreciate always coming on the show. But I think the one thing is, is just don't get discouraged. You don't have to bet big in this game. There's nothing, there's, you know, it's not blackjack. It's not a 50. There's no minimum bet. I mean, there's no minimum bet. Like you can bet $2, $1. You can bet whatever. There's no 50 million minimum dollar blackjack tables that you have to bet on. So, just get your feet wet. You don't have to bet big. You don't even really have to bet big to win big, but try out different bets. See what you like the most. If you like, you know, betting daily doubles, if you like betting just win bets, finding that horse that you like, just experiment. And you'd, like I said, don't, you don't have to go too big at the start. Patrick, any, any shout outs you want to uh, make or anything you want to say to uh, guys or ladies your age about betting horses? Well, thank you for having me on. This is a pleasure. This is great to be on. Um, and I mean, Kyle nailed it on the head. I mean, just, I, I think younger kids just have to give it a try, go to the track, see what it's like, just, you know, give it a shot because with me, I mean, you know, I was not into horse racing at all until, you know, I was like 18 and I went to the track and I fell in love with it. It just happened. And I think a lot of people that, that will happen. They'll go and they'll love it. 
Charlie, any final comments, shout outs to anyone, suggestions for a guys or girls your age about horse racing? Uh, yeah, well, first, again, I also want to um, thank you for having me on the show. I think we have a really good crew here. would love to come back again on with these guys sometimes. Yeah, I think just... we will definitely do this. Comment in the chat. Should we, should we bring the boys back again? Because, yeah, I think it's definitely good to mix in younger people, and I think that can also kind of help with bringing in the audience because I think a very big thing, especially for our generation, is a lot of kids will just see stuff and be like, oh, well, like, if I just see all, like, these older people doing this stuff, like, that's just not meant for me. But if you start whoa, to see – Whoa, 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 okay, I, I don't know. I, like, I knew yeah, it was coming. On, hold on, hold on. I knew it was Charlie, coming. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I would suggest you say more experience. Well, no, I, I, well, I, I, didn't mean, I didn't mean it like an effect. <laughs> you see this here, Kyle? This means old, by the way, Kyle. This is what happens after 25 years of teaching and guys like this dude saying I'm old. Mm. Just kidding, Charlie. Just giving you some. But, um, so, yeah, what I was trying to kind of like, uh, <laughs> I guess, explain was just the idea of that, like, if you're only seeing people that are older in age, you might kind of get intimidated or discouraged. Like, I'll yeah, be honest, yeah, the yeah. first, like, few years I went to Arlington, I would really only see people, I'd say they were 40 plus betting. So I kind of, yeah. like, oh, there's no way I could figure this kind of stuff out. When yeah. you kind of start to see 20 year olds doing it, you're like, oh, so I mean, this is just like if I wanted to bet a basketball game. Sure, there's like a little more stuff into it, like you need to read into it. But I mean, you don't really bet on any sport with no knowledge. Horse racing is kind of like any other sport with that. And I'd also just go back to hammering down the point I've been saying earlier. Like, if you bet two bucks a race, 10 races, let's say, max you lose is 20, assuming you lose every race. There aren't many things that typical kids our age like to do that are cheaper than that. Like if you go to any sporting event, if you go to any movie dinner, there's nothing you really go to that you can really afford to spend that cheap. And even if you like, I don't know, get some cheap seats at a game for like 10 bucks, you're still buying food at a stadium. That's going to be a ripoff. So like you can really go to horse race, go to the track. And as long as you're smart and don't get carried away, you can very well bet and not lose too much money and still go home fine. And just like everyone else has said, if you're, if you're a younger or not younger, but inexperienced, it takes time. This is, I, I learn things still every day. Literally every day, mm -hmm. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. And I've been doing this for 25 years plus. So it's not easy. It takes time. Have fun with it. Don't get discouraged. Keep working at it. You get better and better. And eventually, you'll get those one of those scores that you really enjoy. And all your friends, will, you'll, be your, you'll be your entire uh, peer group's best friend for forever. Uh, Kyle, of course, we thank you. We, we know you'll see you uh, again many times as a contributor. But Patrick and Charlie, really appreciate you guys coming on we will have you again maybe the four of us can get together sometime in new york or florida or somewhere and uh have a few beverages and bet the horses really appreciate it guys this has been howard kravitz your host episode 167 of the hhh racing podcast please comment down below the video player when this shows up on youtube if you enjoyed this format if you enjoy having some uh, mixing some younger blood with the show i thought they did an awesome job we'll see everyone next Thursday night with the fantastic expert handicapper Dylan Donnelly as we break down the late pick five for Saturday at Del Mar with two grade twos at 8 p.m. Eastern for our flagship show. Good luck, everyone, tomorrow at Saratoga. Have a great night, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.